How are we supposed to do this? Are we like which way do you go? Up and down, girl. But I've seen people do it left to right. That's not the right way. Who said? Jesus. So that's basically the conversation we just had. <laughs> and that clip is essentially our marriage uh, in a nutshell. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you need to provide some context. Yeah, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, um, Monique Hart and Monet exchange uh, two beautiful paint, drag painting queens. A room. Painting a room. Yes. I am Monique Hart. Uh huh. I am Monet exchange. Uh huh. And we are... Uh... Welcome to this uh, special <laughs> edition of the Esoteric Order of Role Players podcast. Yeah. Um, and again, my mic feels way closer than yours. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, like I can't really hear you. <laughs> all right. How's that? Oh my God, better? way better. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Silky smooth tones. So anyway, we are here... I guess this. I guess we could call this another salon. Hmm. Um, we put out a salon last year. Is it even a salon? <laughs> a like... salon to yeah. our uh, Patreon backers. Um, when was that? That was when we we went through and talked about um, uh, top thirty one horror movies to watch during October. Oh. So, but you know, an EOR salon is excuse me, an <laughs> EOR salon is basically. Just any any kind of gab, right? So we're going to gab so. a little bit. No, I don't think this counts as a salon. All right. I will put it out there as a half salon. <laughs> <It's not, laughs> so uh, to me, a salon would be like more than two people. This is just a conversation. Sure, sure, sure. That's how I be. <laughs> EOR conversations. It doesn't sound as cool. But... No, it doesn't. So we'll call it a salon and people can just pretend it is. Pretend there's more people in the background. Pretend there's more people and they're all just being really quiet. So, anyways, that's this sounds horrible so far. <laughs> we're off to a great start. This is very shaky. At well, best. anyway, we're recording this uh, because we're not going to put out anything this weekend, and we didn't put anything out last weekend, uh, although that was scheduled. Um, this is more about um, uh, what we've got coming up. So, yeah, see, so we... that I don't view it as a salon. I view oh this as just God. like. An upcoming, but we're also going to answer some questions. The people coming submitted. attractions. Yes, it is coming attractions. We're also going to answer some questions that we've had. It just depends on what those questions from are. Folks, there's probably not very many. No, there's not. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's the weekend. It was very last minute. So. Yeah, it was very last minute. But of uh, course, if you also have questions, we, I, you know, I've already asked people to send questions. They don't. So, what's the point? <laughs> wow, um, true. It's. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess as long as we're here, uh, we'll thank a new Patreon backer. Thank you to Rob Keys for... Rob Keys. Rob Keys. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, oh yeah, I had some issues with the Discord server. Why? If anybody's having... If any new members are having trouble getting onto the Discord server, let me know. Um, that's Anyways. probably better for them, just so that they can... Mm. <laughs> You, you don't want to go there. No. You don't want to. <laughs> anyway. I'm so. kidding. You can enjoy Discord all you want. Yes. And the Moz Eisley Cantina that is our Discord Yeah, pretty server. much. I'm just... <laughs> no droids allowed. No, none. That's why I don't appear. 
Oh, I see. Anymore. Yes. So, um, well, as as hinted at there, our next thing is a new duet chronicle what? with uh, Aaron Evans. Um, yeah. As, so okay. So teased. now we're talking about now we're talking about coming attractions. Yes. Okay. And what we're up to. I'm going to talk about what we're up to. What is what we're up to? What does that mean? Well, so one of the things you and I are going to be doing is um, doing another Aaron Evans chronicle. Yes. So this is part of the nightlife. We finally decided mm. on a name mm-hmm. <laughs> for our collection of uh, vampire and world of darkness. And world of world of darkness. Yes. Stories. <laughs> so it's nightlife. Nightlife. Yes. And then so we had nightlife. Nightlife is um, kind of a double meaning because yeah. it's the name of a song by Mrs. Magician, who is kind of our unofficial um, mascot uh, band for the Chronicles. Uh, our, uh, what do they call it? The... House band. Yeah. Or, yeah. What? Like, I was thinking, like, Gilmore Girls, like the town troubadour. Oh, <laughs> yes, they're the town troubadours. Of our World of Darkness world, and so they have a great song called Nightlife. And also, Nightlife, if my lore is correct, was the working title of Vampire the Masquerade. Oh. I think it was. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Or else there was a, a another RPG where you played vampires that came out around the same time that was called Nightlife. It was one of those two things. Hmm. Might have been both. Who knows? Well, we're using nightlife. For- we're using nightlife. And so, yeah, it's nightlife colon whatever. So nightlife mm-hmm. neon masquerade, nightlife demon's mirror, nightlife 13 candles, nightlife east of Eden, mm-hmm. and now nightlife black and white. Mm-hmm. That's, and so that's Aaron Evans' third chronicle. Third chronicle, which was Said in the early 90s. Early 90s by this point. It's the 90s. Giovanni and- Chronicles does not count in nightlife. I mean, it's sort of canonical to the entire vampire. But not life. our vampire stuff. Like, it's just a kind of its own thing. Oh, and again, I know you, I you, have... you mean your ver- you, yeah. you running yeah, Giovanni Chronicles the... and how we're going to categorize the recordings. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And who knows if that's even going to happen. No, I mean... I'm sorry. I talked, to, I talked about that for like a year and a half. I apologize. <laughs> I don't even know if we'll be I, I know. I was re-listening to the last that's piece of so Eden sad. episode from last year. Like June of last year. Like, oh, i got to start getting ready to run Giovanni Chronicles. That's the thing that I've said constantly. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Some people are going to do it. I have zero patience. It's but. of dubious utility anyway. People I'd much rather like you write your own stuff. People like it because you do a good job with it and they want to run it themselves. So they want to listen to how somebody else does it. But I don't think, if you're not feeling it, I don't think you should feel like beholden to keep going with it. No, but it. Our, our, our group likes it. Sure, but we would also like you to write your own stuff and throw that at us, as you proved with Monster Hearts. No, and, you uh, all did that. I didn't do any of it. I'm serious. You all, I did zero prep oh, on that, y'all. Oh, I'm no hero, she says. No, 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 I didn't. I did no Well, prep. the point of the game is not to do any prep. I know, so I know. You did a great job. I just sat there and was like, yeah, cool. Let's make it grosser. Website, yeah. Let's make it sexier. Let's make it funnier. That's right. Well, you created an atmosphere in which we felt comfortable doing oh. that. So okay. Well, anyway, who knows? Yeah. So, so Aaron Evans, black and white, coming soon. Coming soon. To your ears. Yes. So we thought we were going to start laying down some tracks um, <laughs> right around this time. Yeah. And then we realized that actually Desiree has a. Um, hiking marathon. It's an endurance I guess. event. An endurance marathon. No, an endurance event. Yes, which I mean, is like a hiking. It is a. Marathon. It's a marathon-length hike across rugged terrain. 
rough terrain. Yeah. Uh, it's the Baton Memorial Death March um, right. in White Sands, White Sands Missile Range. Which I really think they should have called the Baton Death March Memorial. I know they didn't. But... but- <laughs> Don't, it makes not. it sound like the event itself is a death march. I know, they do. It's weird. It's weird. So don't, weird. don't ask about it. But anyway, anyway, look it up if you're interested. Just look up Baton Memorial March. Yeah, the Baton Death March is a big deal here in New Mexico because there were some New Mexico National Guard units involved yeah. in it. And so they do this annual thing. Desiree did it once in 2017. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it again this and year. you're going to do it again this year. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been training for it through the winter. Mm-hmm. Which is what keeps me healthy. Uh, wind and snow and sleet and rain. And, yeah, it's coming up in two weeks, so you're getting into your final kind of um, push yeah. to the finish. you yeah. got to be focused. Oh, yeah. I'm just know. visualizing. And if we started the, the Chronicle right now, we'd have to break for that anyway. And I'd have to reset myself. And reset, yeah. yeah. So we just realize, like, oh, whoops. <laughs> so more than likely, we will be recording... I hope by the end of the month we can start putting yeah. stuff out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I said it's a weird time to start backing us on Patreon because I think this month we'll be lucky a to get two fallow. episodes out. Yeah. Um, because what we're doing with the Sunday group is going to be offline. Offline. Yeah. Sunday group is going to be playtesting. Um, I'll just call it Project X. Yeah. Playtesting Project X for probably about three months. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, we take every th- fourth session off. And Should, if we do... Yeah. I mean, nine sessions, that's three months. You know, yeah, so. that, that, that seems pretty long. Well, it's its a little mini campaign. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know. Well, okay, so Project X is taking place, and but the duets will be taking place during that time, too. So yes, exactly. this will give you time to catch up with all of the nightlife recorded. <laughs> I mean, you can catch up with any of our back catalog, because we have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. We have Monster Hearts, which we just completed, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do a series two of that. Mm-hmm. I'm being all British with the whole series, series two, thing yes. instead of season. But, you know, it'll be a season. Season two of Monster Hearts, which the youth are still in high school. Yes. You're not graduated yet. No. They're... Well, there's music. Yeah. To symbolize Monster Hearts? I'm um, just bringing in some music. Yeah. You know, just some, some background stuff. You okay, know. cool. Yeah. So that's going to happen. I don't know when, but um, you can catch up with the original season, season one of Monster Hearts, which we did. We've done a couple of... Um, Bluebeard's Bride sessions, yep. which have been really fun. Yep. Um, we have Horror on the Orient Express. If you want to blaze through that, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. We also, that's pretty. If you want to blaze that, who's blazing? I don't know. Who's blazing what now? <laughs> you, you 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 put the campaign into a <laughs> smoking device of your choice. Pipe, hookah, whatever. Yeah, print it in a 3D and... printer, crumble it up, burn it, and then start vaping it. Yeah. Turn it into resin. When you know and... you've transcended is when you're, uh, when no you're smoking. Transcended. Uh, you're smoking, you know, uh, 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 conceptual ideas, you know. Yeah. Rather than material yeah, you can vape. Objects. You can vape horror on the Orient Express. That's you right. can vape, vape monster hearts. I want to see you try. How about that? <laughs> try. Okay, so anyway. It's the EOR vape challenge. It'll be the next yeah, uh, mimetic please. scandal. <laughs> Well, we, that everybody freaks out about. We are not recommending vaping anything. I like how you're doing the, the, the cutting motion with your hand. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Nope, 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 no. No nope. vaping. No vaping. Um, okay, so... Please don't. So then we have... Um, what else? We have so much. We have, we have a whole pen dragon. We have, we have a pen dragon, a unit of we pen dragon. We have a whole pen dragon for you to listen to I and mean, to enjoy. We have a paladin... With mixed results, but it's still it's Paladin. 
<laughs> that was a crazy campaign. That was nuts. We have a lot of other variety of games, so just check them out if you want to listen to us. Um, you know how we play our games, get inspired, but really catch up on Monster Hearts because it was it was a wild ride. <laughs> it, was. it was. It's good to have breathers like this because you know. As shocking as it is, not everybody listens to our stuff in the day it drops. I know some people do, but, you know. Yeah, other that's why people... it's like, this is time for you to catch up. That's right. What else are you thinking of? Okay, so. This is very loud. That sounds fine in my mix. I must be very sensitive to sound. You are. Hmm, interesting. Anyways, so. You alright? You're blasting my ears. Really? Yeah, when you went, Sow! Sow! Oh, sorry. Jesus! Uh, we are very old. Anyway, so, um, so that's what's going on with uh, with the Sunday group. Well, not only that. Well, Shimp has said he's going to run Werewolf. Right. Just like me running Giovanni, I have a feeling. I'm throwing the gauntlet down. No, knowing him, he's probably got a wall full of post-it that's notes. That's true, actually. In his new house. Yeah. Looks like the guy from Seven, you know. Like. <laughs> That's more like uh, Charlie in the yeah. back room with Pepe Sylvia. Pepe I Sylvia. hope that yeah. I really hope that he's planning that because we want to play Werewolf. Our group wants to play Werewolf. Yeah, definitely. So there's that piece. Yeah. So we have Project X. Okay, so mm. the, the main takeaways from this whole rambling thing is yeah. check out our back catalog. We have yeah. tons of fun stuff there. Yeah. Aaron Evans will return in black and white. There will be. Probably, maybe werewolf coming down the pipe some at some point. point. Probably this year. Hopefully this, this year. And then I will, I will play. I'll run season two of Monster Hearts if we can't think of anything else to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also Project Y, which I'll want to be <laughs> play testing, but that's that's a little ways down the road. So we'll see. But that would be another situation where we go offline for a while. Okay. And then, you know, hopefully, we'll be doing like duet chronicles at the same time or something. I'd yeah, like to because, try and keep some kind of regular release schedule going as much as possible. We will. I mean, I don't see the duets going away anytime soon. Because we have the Aaron one coming up, which you've been formulating, and then we have one for Amy Patterson. Yes. So that's another one. Yeah. I don't know if we should say what it is. The title. Working title. Sure. Go for it. The Demon's Blade. That's right. Which will come up. Uh, but that's, that's a little ways down. Yeah. I don't... And yeah, there's a lot there. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, those are the plans. Now, if you have questions, though, please let us know. Well, we if this isn't did... clear, I just want to make sure that you guys get understand what's going on here. Yeah, but it's I, not I like guess this the is main, like the oh, main takeaway wow. is like you know there might be some some gaps here and there. I think we furnish plenty of content. We furnish plenty of content at this point. So mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to listen to something. Mm-hmm. Go nuts, man. Just check well, it sure. out. We have Absolutely. tons of stuff to listen to. Mm-hmm. All right. So that does segue us into uh, one of our questions. Oh, how many questions do we have? Two. Oh, so <laughs> maybe we can do some media recs or something to round this out. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, well, this is this is kind of a big question, I think. This has a, this has a lot to talk about in it. Mm. A lot to unpack, as they like to say these days. I, okay. And I'm nervous. Well, it's just, it's from our good buddy, Corporate Geomancy on yeah. Discord. Nice. Um, and the question is, is the plan still to update the Duet Chronicle to the Vampire 5 system? <sighs> Oh, 
So yeah, what do you do when uh, you are soundly, you're disappointed and confused, <laughs> and then also in, yet still intrigued by some mechanical aspects of a of a game? Yes, I'm and angry yet, and terrified, and yet don't care enough to maybe <laughs> delve. I don't know. Yeah, we can we can talk a little bit about it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, so, I mean... I don't know if everybody... I don't want to assume that everyone listening to this cares and or knows about... And or knows. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, so basically... But putting it briefly. Putting it briefly. Um, so, we were looking forward to 5th Edition mm-hmm. Vampire. Mm-hmm. We ran playtests. Yeah. Right? I ran one. You ran one. Yep. And they were they were pretty fun. But, they were good. Yeah, I wasn't um, sold on it. I didn't really feel like super ecstatic about well, it. Well, sure. I mean, it was kind of with the understanding that they were. It's play gonna tests. get better, right? Right. Yeah, right. it'll get better. <laughs> now, I mean, honestly, on a mechanical level, I I don't I can't really say one way or the other because um, I haven't really taken a look a deep telling look at the material. Oh, you know. So you can't really answer the question. No, I can answer the question. That's oh. fine. Oh. So, um, but you know, I mean, I, I haven't like cracked open the the rule book, so to speak. You know, um, because you know we were p- kind of put off the whole thing because it was a huge PR mess last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I mean, if you don't know about it. Look it up. Look I guess. it up. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah, but 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 briefly put, like there were massive missteps made with um, the way that the content I think was the examples used, or yes. the content that was created to explore some of the darker themes <laughs> in the world of darkness, and it was done in a way that was glib, uh, yeah. insensitive, yeah, and thoughtless. Yeah. So. And certain people were held accountable, other people weren't. <laughs> some heads did roll, some heads did not roll. Yeah, which is... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I just think uh, it kind of left a bad taste. Yes. Even if we had only had a little whiff. That's right. Yeah, it kind of sullied the whole thing. Yeah. And 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 we and we were trying to give, give it, like, yeah. many benefits of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And we finally kind of hit a breaking point. <laughs> Yeah. So, Where it just got to be so ridiculous. Yeah, so we just agreed that we weren't going to use it. It, it. Ultimately, however, between that and, um, you know, the difficulty of switching editions, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, cracking open the rule book and being like, okay, how does this work now? Mm-hmm. How are we going to adapt uh, these characters? Yeah. You know, I mean, we did that midstream with Amy and that wasn't very fun. <laughs> but we still got through it. We got we through it, but it was a great story. It, we did. I'm just saying it was a lot of work yeah. to adapt it. Mm-hmm. And then um, ultimately we you know, took a look at Chronicles of Darkness and then decided, okay, let's let's go back to twentieth anniversary edition, right? So that's kind of what we're doing here. It's like there's just there's too much baggage involved with this, so we're not gonna use it. Yeah. And but I think what's interesting though is at least from the play tests and mm. other things that we did of fifth edition, I think it kind of 
the things that I was observing as we were playing it is that mm. it was in line with how we were already playing. Mm-hmm. It just sort of validated like, yeah, okay, I knew we were onto something with this type of a feel or this type of a effect. Right. Um, like with the blood drinking and really kind of feeling the person, mm-hmm. you know, like we just kind of like, even though that is actually like a flaw, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were like, oh, why can't it just be like that all the time? Right, I think right. so. I'm anticipating, you know, as we go into black and white that there's going to be a lot of kind of even more story game type things we're going to be can't help but add to the narrative. Sure, for sure. In addition to the things that have we were exposed to from the fifth edition playtest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but at this point, I don't think we're interested in any way uh, supporting it or being around it. And that will be fine with the edition that we have. Mm-hmm. Even if we're setting it in modern times, we'll still probably augment it slightly. I just think setting it in a different time, the music stopped? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting in a different time, we can augment things with house rules, and we always do. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I hope to one day, <laughs> with my copious spare time, sit down and, you know, kind of read through uh, the 5th edition rulebook. Because I'm sure there's things we can probably... Or, actually, just use the internet for what it's designed for, just stealing other people's, uh, you know, mm. labor... So, you know, just wait for... I'm sure there's probably already stuff out there right now. Um, so I'll make a mental note to Google mm-hmm. for it. But, yeah, there's probably people who are pulling stuff out of 5th edition to put into their 20th anniversary games. You know? I'm curious about the Hunger Dice and how those could be integrated. Yeah. Part of me liked it. Part of me didn't. Yeah. It seemed um, kind of fussy. Yeah. Well, again, I don't know how that ended up, though. I don't right. Know but the, the final whole... version. The whole, so. I think it, I don't think it changed much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it did, but I don't, I don't know. I guess the more I play, mm-hmm. I, I understand the accountability of dice and rolling and quantitative pieces, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the hunger mechanic, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always going to be tough, I think, in Vampire to mm-hmm. really capture the challenges of having to constantly feed on blood. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, if you're open to looking at it, I, I guess I could probably contribute by by looking at it and and kind of reading and giving you my Cliff's Notes version, but you get different things out of it since you're so seasoned. True. And I'm kind of seasoned, but, you know. Yeah. Your but... brain works differently than mine, thank God. <laughs> Very true. But... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll look online. I'll see what people are saying. There's got to be stuff out there at this point. Yeah, but but overall, not really. We're not really interested in yeah pursuing run, it. running an undiluted fifth edition vampire. No, it's not happening. And um, in terms of getting to you know when we get to modern nights, it could be a ways. Yes. Well, I mean, at the rate we're going, um, you know. Oh. At the rate we're going. Um, you know, we're averaging what one and a half chronicles a year or something well, like that. Well, not on purpose. No, I know. I'm just saying at the rate we're going. Um, yeah, no, Modern Knights Chronicles way down the line. They'll be on sixth edition Vampire by then. Ew. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think that answers that question. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. If you have any other questions, you can always ping us. Yeah. 
But yeah, we're gonna stick no. with twentieth anniversary. Yeah, stick with twentieth. I've also I, I have I have all the twentieth anniversary uh, versions on my shelf now. Yeah. So I still have this, um, you know, sort of pipe dream of running a Mage twentieth thing at some point. I don't know. You should. You should also turn the music down a little bit. <laughs> God. All right, so. <laughs> You think you would want to take advantage of my sensitive ears, um, but instead you're spurning me and scoffing. I have my reasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well, also speaking of vampire, uh, we want to get a new hashtag trending for those of you who watch The Good Place. <laughs> uh, instead of saying, this is the bad place, this, this is... is the world of darkness. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. Hashtag, this is the world of darkness. Yes. Which we've been saying a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on to another question. Yes. Okay. So this is kind of related then to um, what's going on with the Sunday group, I guess. Oh. Which is uh, Discord Mika asks. I'd love to hear how me. That's his name, Discord Mika. <laughs> over on Discord, comma <laughs> Mika asks. He should have his handle as Discord Mika. Discord Mika doesn't advertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he would love to hear how I am doing on the job front. How has it been digging oh. into Greg's notes, etc.? Oh, yeah. So, um, again, for those listeners who don't know, I started working for Chaosium this year in January. And my official title is uh, line editor for the King Arthur Pendragon RPG. Uh, I suppose technically I'm also in charge of Prince Valiant. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I don't think there's any plans to do anything with that since it's a very self-contained game. It doesn't really need a lot. Um, but I uh, part of my contract also involves me working on Call of Cthulhu and RuneQuest as well. Mm-hmm. In, in um, uh, not advisory capacity, but as a, as a contributor, I guess you could say. So um, that's what I'm doing, and uh, so part of that part of that new gig involved basically becoming the current curator of the Greg Stafford Pendragon archives. I have uh, have all of his papers uh, relating to Pendragon, and I have all of his digital material as well that was on his hard drive. Um, so. I guess the answer to that question would be it's been really good. Um, you know, Chaosium is... I, I've had a working relationship with Chaosium for almost four years now. So, you know, I kind of had a good idea of what kind of people they were, and mm-hmm. and I definitely wanted to work for them. So I was happy when that worked out. And uh, it's been a nice little island of sanity, ironically enough. <laughs> Especially things have been kind of crazy in the industry world the last few weeks. So it's been nice to be with the company that was fairly uh, immune to all that. And um, yeah, no, I, I went through all of Greg's papers in December and into January and flexed my old librarian and archivist skills. And there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Uh, which hopefully we'll be able to um, bring some of it out into the light, <clears throat> some unpublished adventures and uh, and just um, really neat 
uh, sort of archival material that maybe we could share at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Greg left behind a lot of material for me to um, sort of organize and finish and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, keep the, uh, keep the publications flowing. Mm -hmm. So that's about all I can say right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I will say that we have a prospectus. We have a plan that takes us at least through the next couple of years and then other things beyond that. That will get, you know, more defined as we go along. And I guess the main thing is like I had a couple of a uh, couple of projects I was already working on, so it's been a little hectic trying to get those done while also starting my new duties. Mm -hmm. But I just actually finished one of them yesterday, hmm. and hoping to finish the other one in the next couple of weeks. So. That'll be good. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. It's cool. I get to, like, talk about artists and other people to hire and throw money at to do amazing things. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you like the most about working with Greg? Oh. Uh, well, Oprah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Greg was great because he was the kind of guy who would just, well, he was, he was always just kind of like, well, what do you want to do? You know? Like open. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? Name, name what you want to do. Name your, name your dream project, hmm. you know? And then, you know, you would say it, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, I'd love to blah, whatever, you know? And then, um, and then he would just kind of file it away. And then six months later, or a year later, <laughs> you know, he'd be <laughs> like, hey, so that project you wanted to do, yeah? Oh, well, you know, got an opening, you want to do it? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, he was just very approachable. And, no, he, you know, he didn't have that kind of, like, creator's ego, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never heard him badmouth any anybody, mm -hmm. you know. So it was just kind of like, well, they're they're doing their own thing <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Like that, I think that's like the most he would say. But um, he was definitely just about facilitating creativity and people following what they really wanted to do the most. Mm -hmm. So you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What do you miss about not being able to talk to him anymore? Well, the thing is, is that. When we were first talking about me coming on board as line editor for Pendragon back when it was under Nocturnal Publishing, um, or Nocturnal Media, um, you know, he said, like, that he wanted me for the job. And he said, you know, he's basically like, don't worry, though, because I'll mentor you. <laughs> and we'll just do a nice, smooth transition. <laughs> and the joke I, I've made is, is that it's like Luke Skywalker, you know, showing up at Yoda's place. Like, all right, I'm ready to learn how to be a Jedi Knight. And Yoda's like, oh, you know what? Actually, I got to peace out. So it's like, oh. <laughs> so hopefully I won't end up living on a, on a rocky 
uh, island drinking blue milk from strange alien cows. Well, you do live in New Mexico, so. Uh, so we're close. We're very close. It's close, apart from the ocean part. Yeah. Yeah, I did just have some blue milk earlier today. Yeah, I know so. it's weird. Yeah, straight from the tea. Wait, I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew you drank the blue milk. I didn't know it was from the teat, though, directly. That's something that I don't know if I can uh, uh, abide by. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, but it was really great going through his archives because um, they go all the way back to the first playtests at Chaosium, like in 82. Mm. Which is crazy. That's neat. Yeah. The guy did not throw out anything. So what about his legacy are you looking forward to carrying on? Mm. Well, that's the thing, is that right now I'm definitely viewing myself as more of a custodian than a creator. Mm. Because, like I said, he left a lot of his own stuff behind. So I want to make sure I get that out there into the public. Um, And, um, you know, I view that as like kind of my version of continuing the mentorship is working with his material, you know, the best way I can. So, and then I'll be transitioning, I suppose, eventually into making my own stuff for the line, uh, both as a writer and as a editor who's soliciting material and work, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that was another thing about Greg that was really cool is that he was a he was a real networker, and so he would always gather people around him to kind of help, you know, like bounce ideas off of or you know uh consult you know about things this and that and so a lot of those folks have actually come to me Mm. um completely without any prompting on my part (laughs) you know and just been like hey i'm the guy who greg would come to to talk to about like medieval sword combat Mm. and jousting you know Mm -hmm. because i do that in real life you know or hey i'm the guy who worked pretty closely with greg on you know a lot of those um fifth edition supplements you know and let's keep let's keep going you know and so there's like this brain trust that he had that uh, is still around so and i'm yeah i've made made contact with a lot of them that's cool yeah nice yeah so anyway um but yeah that's about it i'm happy things are good um i should be at gen con Oh. Um, with the Chaosium team. <laughs> I'm going to be running a Pendragon session with their, kind of like their VIP program. Um, more details coming out about that soon. Hmm. Probably in May. I don't know. Also, if anybody is going to be at New Mexicon. New Mexicon. What, what? What, what dates? What? Uh, let me grab that really quick. That I will be attending, and I've submitted a request what? to run a game. Which one? Uh, Prince Valiant, actually. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, um, since they're more of a story game kind of con. Isn't that the beginning of April? It is in April. I'm just trying to get the... It's actually a really nice time to come out to New it Mexico. It sure is. Beautiful time. Uh-huh. The clouds uh-huh. are starting to be not frozen. <laughs> the weather isn't like really super hot in Albuquerque. Yes, and it's then there's great. always, there's I think it's earlier mid-April. Mm. Yeah, April 5th to 7th. 5th to 7th. Uh, Where is it is, located? Oh, it is at, it? let me get that. Um, but anyway, there's always this kind of like last snap at the end of April where the weather turns nasty again. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's not cool. 
No. But early April is actually pretty nice. So New Mexicon is going to be at the Ramada Hotel Midtown. In Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, uh, April 5th to 7th. Okay. I checked them out a couple years ago. Couldn't go last year due to a, a confluence of other things happening that weekend. But when I did go, it was good. It was at a different hotel. But my understanding is this hotel is actually even more deluxe. Nice. Yeah. And their their claim to fame is that each game gets its own room. So you don't have to compete with other people shouting and talking. That's beautiful. And and we have the space (laughs) in some ways. (laughs) We have the wide open spaces. Yes. Um, Yeah. So come to New Mexico. Go to New Mexico. Check it out. Yeah. You won't regret it. I'm just telling you right now. (laughs) Well, it it is a con. Just to be fair, it's a con focused on small press, tabletop, RPG gaming. Yeah. Uh, but it says open to all experience levels, interests, and abilities. Exactly. Like, so, just come out and see what's up. Yeah, but if you want to play some weird-ass story games. Yeah. Uh, That's where you played RPGs, Velvet Glove. That is where I played Velvet Glove for the first time. With uh, the Sarah creator. Richardson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magpie Games is going to be there. Well, Third Eye Games is yeah. going to be there. Zia Pelta Games, who I do not know, hmm. is going to be there. And also... The Full Metal RPG podcast crew are going to be there. Oh, wow. Cool. Forward to being oh, there. that'll be nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, Zia Pelta did Schemes of the Outark. Okay. So so we have Gen Con in August. Yep. We have New and Mexico Con in April. You and I are talking about possibly, possibly going to Necronomicon. Necronomicon. I don't know. Yeah, we're still thinking about it. It's not like Gen Con. You, you get a little bit of time to think about it. Because it doesn't sell out super fast. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's two weeks after Gen Con, so yeah, it would be a I bit, don't know. It'd be a bit of a thing. I may not have the leave to do that. Oh yeah. So mm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it would. It would be nice. I've been wanting to go for a while. I mean, you should. You should go this year. Ah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, All right, so what else? Oh, speaking of Necronomicon, uh, keep an eye out for Secrets of Berlin. Oh, right. (laughs) I'm just getting into shameless self-promotion at this point. No, that's why I don't want to go there, but Secrets of Berlin is coming out soon. I mean, that's kind of related to Nika's question. Wait, you don't want to go what? I don't want to go into that, like, just rambling about what have you. It is related to Mika's question. Yeah, so Secrets of Berlin is out soon. Yeah, out very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys, seriously, (laughs) you need to check out this this book. (laughs) It's amazing. Ooh. I'm biased, but it is really, truly amazing. Oh, I got to, you. I got a glance, little glimpse. Yes. At it, a glance mm-hmm. and a glimpse, a glance and it and was really amazing. At a at a uh, pre-pub version uh-huh. of the layout. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we've, I think we've exhausted our, um, our talking points, though. Oh. Yeah. Any media recommendations? Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you bring it up? Just in case you might have some. Oh, God. Um, check out... Um, well, <laughs> you and I watched Young Guns 1 and 2 the other day. We did. It was fun because it was New Mexico-focused. Yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips was stunning. <laughs> yeah. He's always so handsome with his beautiful, magnificent hair cape. Mm-hmm. Um, his hair cape. <laughs> it is kind of cape-like, isn't it? Is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Nicole Byer's uh, podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? That's your that's your Amazing. Media. Nicole Byer is hilarious. Yeah. You should check her out. Why Won't You Date Me? <laughs> and then we have season 11 of Drag Race that just started. Just started. Um, what do you have? Russian Doll. We're kind of getting we're, into that we're just on checking, Netflix. We're sniffing around Russian, Russian Doll. It's very good. Mm-hmm. On Netflix? On Netflix. What and else? And 
Uh, I guess I'll just recommend Spirit of Eden by Talk Talk. Mm. Um, that's an album. That's an album. Mark, yeah. Mark Hollis just passed away, strangely mm. enough. That's weird. Um, excellent. Uh, random discovery. Mm-hmm. If you're curious about post-rock. Go for it. Go for it. Um, All right. I guess that's everything. Yeah, I think so. All right. So. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Stay healthy. Stay happy. <laughs> do what you want to do. Do what you like. Do what you like. Eat what you Eat like. Eat what you like. Yeah. Smell how you like. Smell how you like. <laughs> no, go take a bath. Go take a bath. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we'll be back with some vampire, hot vampire action. Mm, oh, yeah. So hot. Probably about three weeks. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Till then. Bong. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So no sooner did we stopped recording than I got a tweet from from Craig, who? Craig Kellner. Oh my God, Craig. CJ, <laughs> as he likes to be called. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so uh, over on Twitter, he would like to know. He has a multi-part question. I love. I love multi-part questions. Let's <laughs> do it. I've never been on a panel. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zing. Um, what are you zinging me for? Not being on a panel? I'm, I'm zinging the universe. <laughs> Thoughts on V5 as a system, lore independent from rules. Uh, okay. Uh, we didn't really get into that. So. That's nice. Uh, what's my good buddy Aaron getting up to? Ooh, okay, we'll talk about that. What are your thoughts on a storyteller's ability to change the rules to suit the theme of the chronicle? And thoughts on matching a chronicle to established canon? A, just a, like one of ours, or just in general? A Chronicle. A Chronicle to match the lore. Uh, thoughts on matching A Chronicle to establish canon. Yes. Canon. Mm-hmm. So let's let's well, go back up to the top. Okay. So thoughts on V5 as a system, we kind of we kind of touched on that. We did. There's elements of it that we find interesting and that we might want to steal. Uh, however, lore independent from rules. That is something else. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't really mention that earlier, like... In terms of the the lore that they developed for fifth edition, right. that's something I'm going to have to actually think about as we move towards a modern knight's uh, context. I could see us using some of it. Yeah, my understanding is that the Mind's Eye Theater, which is the vampire LARP mm-hmm. rules slash organization, mm-hmm. um, have their own lore that they developed. Yeah, yeah, I'd that, that so. were more sort of like organic uh, outgrowth from. Uh, the the 90s and 2000s stuff. What what do you mean? Well, like so so White Wolf had its own meta plot for World of Darkness like you know all the way up until the 2004 reboot, you know. Oh. So, uh, you know, what with the final nights and Gehenna and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I guess my understanding, I could be wrong on this, but my understanding is that the Mind's Eye Theater kind of took that and just kept developing it 
beyond that point. Hmm. And, you know, like if you check out the latest version of their rule book, um, you know, it's, uh, it, you can see like a timeline where they, they talk about it, you know. So, uh-huh. so that would be one, one way to do it. But fifth edition, uh, you know, kind of went its own way. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a pretty. It, oh, okay. Well, it also just integrated. It, it did integrate old lore mm-hmm. in its own way. Yeah. So it would be interesting to compare and contrast. Yeah, I think so, and I mean, I think it depends on where those two places took the timeline. Because mm-hmm. my understanding is that with fifth edition, that it's way more like conservative bent. Hmm. Where things got more conservative with hmm. with the mortals kind of being like, you know what, fuck this shit, yeah, get would... rid of them, like extermination. Kind yeah, of thing. I, I well, see, I wouldn't even say conservative; I say reactionary. You know, it's like mirroring, you know, the rising tide of reactionary politics. Yeah, you know, in our own world. But wouldn't you say that would be more on the not a progressive stance, but a conservative stance? Well, yeah, sure. Reactionary is the far the far extreme of conservative. Right. Politics, just like progressivism is the far extreme of liberal politics. Um, so uh, it just depends on where we want to take it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like the idea of things being easy for Aaron, but I have to <laughs> say that it almost seems too hard and restrictive to make it like so. Like if the reactionary timeline, like that's too restrictive. That's yeah, like yeah. that's ridiculous. It's like. Uh, and I'm going to sit in my basement and be a vampire. Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem fun. Right, so, right. and I know they have powers, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But um, I could see us using some pieces of it. Sure. So, that actually gets into, you know. Because we've talked, actually, about, now I'm thinking, we've talked, actually, we've talked a little bit about... Some of the characters, mm. um, some of the characters having roles in the larger reactionary yes. system. Yes, we have. So, yeah, yeah. And then Amy possibly uh, participating yeah. on some level. Yeah. Well, you know, we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna follow the general arc with the the final nights and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll get we'll get into that with parts three and four. Okay. But part two is what is my buddy Aaron up okay, to? Okay, well, first of all, again, uh, CJ seems insistent on referring to Aaron as his buddy. Um, I'm glad you feel Aaron is a likable uh, character. That's good. However, he's a vampire. you got to remember that. So he's a dangerous thing. And he's uh-huh. gotten even more dangerous with his um, the developments of East of Eden. Gotten even more dangerous. So at this sure. point, pre... Which you'll get, a, you know, I mean, you'll hear all about this soon. But pre um, black and white, I mean, he's living his life, you know, in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with his band, playing small gigs, traveling around, recording a couple of demos, and seeing if he can get a contract. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he um, I think he's constantly at war with himself. He feels guilty. Mm. At the same time, he feels justified. So. Mm. I don't know if he misses Karen. Mm. I don't think so. Mm. So, you know, mm. you're mm. just doing his thing. Yeah, I imagine we'll be addressing a lot of this in the first session, but have you given some thought to, like... Because I, I think somebody asked a question somewhere. 
somewhere on the on the on one of our many portals um after our final chapter last time where I jumped the time ahead a year mm-hmm. and somebody said well how's Aaron been dealing with having this possessing entity inside of him yeah for a year yeah so have you given some thought to that yeah okay. I mean I think he's I think he's um well there's the possessing entity and then there's his his demeanor change mm-hmm. or nature change mm-hmm so, I feel like he's uh, really, he's, he's created like a major separation between himself and his former life. Mm. Even his former like vampire life. Mm-hmm. Like whereas before he was like a, kind of like a kept man. Mm. So now he's kind of like a really like a lone coyote. Mm. Just kind of on the periphery. And I think... I think he has less compunction taking what he wants. Mm. At the same time, within reason. Mm. And I think he's trying to use his powers just to get rid of Don. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the enormity of that, like... I don't think... I think there's some things that have to happen to really show how... How awful he's becoming. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's clear to him yet. Mm. I think there have to be some things made manifest for him to realize the monster that he's become. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that he's just becoming kind of more, um, again, taking what he wants, doing what he wants, and there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to come back to bite him in the butt mm-hmm. sooner than later. Okay. Excellent. All right. So thoughts on a storyteller's ability to change the rules to suit the theme of a chronicle. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um change the rules. Yeah. Like what I mean like I don't want you to have to show your hand. Like mm. I can leave the room. Well then I don't have to listen to this part, but I mean in terms of changing the rules, like I feel like I don't know if I changed the rules for 13 candles, but I mm. definitely bent them and molded them to kind of give me some results that I wanted. That's However, true. not when it came to like combat or anything like no, that. Like no. I don't think that should I don't think that I don't think folks should do that. No, I think when you're at the table you need to play the rules as written. Yes. Um however, I think what Craig might be referring to is like modifying disciplines. Oh. Uh or modifying the way some things work mechanically in terms of um, frenzy oh. or you know well if things you have like a that. single player too sure things are, are changed a little bit yeah I think that's fine well yeah you're right like for instance um, we've sort of uh, we haven't worried too much about like mm-hmm. things like wound penalty dice mm-hmm. or wound penalties to dice yeah. pools we do it occasionally do it occasionally but we you know why make it harder yeah it's already one hard player, yeah. you know um, it's not fun. No. So I, th- I guess that's the, yeah, like, I guess, I guess my short answer is I, I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cause if it's, if it's, but however, you have to figure out ways of being creative. So you need to be just as creative mm. with your solution or augmentation to that rule. Mm. Then the rules are already giving you mm-hmm. like some creative like direction. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're like, hmm, I can change this. Some, like, it has to be just as creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to serve a and purpose. And that's hard to do on the spot, unless you've really thought about it. Yeah, I don't think it, again, I don't think it should be done on the spot. No. Uh, as much as possible. But in terms of, like, thinking about things in between sessions. Yeah. And, and one of the cool things, actually, about Vampire, you know, specifically, and perhaps World of Darkness uh, stuff in general, is that there, it's always presented with this, you know, sort of like semi-authoritative voice. Yeah. Like, a lot of it is written in character. Yeah. And so it's like... Is this, this is this really is this the it, truth? It, it creates an atmosphere of malleable reality. Yeah. So, um, to me, I just see the mechanics as being an extension of that. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, well, sure, you know, the book might have these rules for this specific application of blood magic, let's just say. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of instead. Maybe it works a different way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's just a different variation of this blood right. magic path yeah. that, you know, isn't in the rule books, but it yeah. exists. Yeah, I'd, you know? say that, I'd say that with Vampire, at least, things have been made highly subjective. Yeah, yes. Because every subjective. single person is different. Yeah. And so every, every, blood, every blood thing, <laughs> everyone's blood is unique. Mm-hmm. It has different things in it. So that lends it to a very, um, every story is unique, every narrative is unique, so there's going to be things that don't quite fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> Craig brought the questions, man. I did. I like it. And then I thoughts? I mean, CJ, sorry. CJ brought oh the questions. God, <laughs> thoughts on matching a chronicle to established canon, so that's sort of the so other br- side okay, of the coin. Repeat. Thoughts on matching a chronicle... To establish canon. Matching. So, yes. Matching. So, so I mean, you know, I think we've talked about this before off mic, maybe even on mic. Mm. But, you know, White Wolf in the 90s, you know, a lot of companies were doing the meta plot thing. TSR was doing it with Forgotten Realms, with their novels, where, like, the novel would come out and something would happen in the novel. And then, like, the next supplement that would come out it's like oh well you know mm, this has changed everything in the game world go read the novel if you want more information you know no. so uh so it, it was a thing that was going on and riffs did it you know a lot of a lot of companies were doing it in the 90s like you know it was a it was a, a sales tactic you know right. to get people to keep buying books right uh, but White Wolf, I think, was probably the the standard bearer of that mm. just because they churned out so much material right and it was this understanding that, like, potentially anything that came out could introduce some kind of, like, change in the lore, in the mm. canon. Mm. Oh, you know, this famous vampire or that famous vampire, you know, died or whatever, got diabolized, <laughs> you know, things like that. And, of course, it really came to a head with the whole Final Nights thing and everything, you know. So, um, uh, you know... There were people, I think, who felt obligated to go along with that and to really immerse themselves in the lore. You know, it sort of tapped into that that geek uh, uh, compulsion, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like with Star Trek or Star Wars or, you know, it's like, I must know everything about the lore, you know, and that if you if you weren't going along with that, you weren't doing it right. Well, it has to know? do with authenticity. And... Authenticity, yeah, absolutely. But I think... So... Um... 
matching. So he's talking about matching a chronicle to to, to canon. To so canon. so in other words, well, like how how beholden do you feel to established characters or to I'm canonical gonna, events? So I'm going to say if it's compelling and interesting, yeah, use it. Yeah. If you don't like it, yeah. don't use it. Yeah. Create something better. Create something different. Right. Like that's one thing, and I've mentioned this before in terms of listening to the Good Place podcast and mm. and just watching the Good Place. Like it's like. Go with the standard thing and then turn it on its head or, or like cut, like finalize something that could have been drawn out for months, you know, finish it in five minutes and move on to something else. Like (laughs) creativity is always going to give you something new, something Mm. different. Your, your brain needs to be free to explore and like try new things. So do something different. If, 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 I mean, I think the reason we're sticking with some of the canon characters, because we really like them and Mm. we like how they've shown up mm. in our stories mm. i'm sure you have other characters who mm-hmm. have shown up and gotten their ass kicked and handed to them and you're like okay never mind like mm-hmm. and i think there's other storylines and stuff that we were kind of like yeah what would that be like to explore and see what my character can do in that mm. if it gets resolved in like two episodes oh, oh well guess what that means we get to think of something else yeah. so well, a good example would be petrodon's death <laughs> where canonically he dies in the 90s anyway mm. It, but it was like 97, I think, or something like that. Right. So you just killed him a few years early. There's you know? that. Or, or just like, again, like, just use. It's it's there for your, to, it's there for you to use yeah. and to have fun with. Yeah. It's supposed to inspire you, I think, and give you ideas. Mm. There's some things that are yeah. like you should really adhere to, of course. Yeah. But for the most part, unless it really throws off the timeline or something weird, then use it. Make it make it your own. As you're talking, it's just reminding me of how we approach playing Pendragon. Yeah. Where it's like there's, yeah, sure, there's this overarching uh, narrative that is going on. Mm-hmm. But we're going to kind of do our own thing. We're living our little lives. We're going to find out where it intersects. Mm-hmm. We're going to spotlight the characters, the canon characters that are interesting to us. Mm-hmm. The ones that don't interest us, we're not going to bother with. Who cares? Yeah. It, like you say, it can be dispensed with in just five minutes. Yeah. If it's really that important to even right. talk about. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, my intention is to sort of loosely follow mm-hmm. the, the meta plot, mm-hmm. like I talked before. Yeah. But there are things, like, for example, you know, initially I wasn't even sure if I even wanted to bring in the whole Kindred of the East uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to just stick with like the kind of the, the small hints from first edition um, vampire about what, you know, like vampires in Asia were like. Um, but then I was thinking about it and particularly because of, of Amy's stuff, I was like, well, you know, maybe we should bring in some of that material, but I, I have no intention to like do the whole meta plot with this like, um, you know, invasion by the celestials of California, you know, like coming in and invading California. Cause that's like really problematic for one thing, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just also just not interesting to me, you know? Oh. So like, I'm going to ignore that part, you know, but, um, you know, and just kind of develop my own thing in terms of, because honestly, this Chronicle we're going into, I am completely, um, open to it turning out any which way. Which could include, you know, major geopolitical changes in the vampire world. Yeah. You know, if, if Aaron throws a big enough monkey wrench into the works, <laughs> you know, yeah. it could really change stuff. 
You know, we're this is the third chronicle in a, in a trilogy of chronicles. Yeah, we've got to. You know, it's like it's it's all on the table right now. Mm-hmm. And if things change, things change. Mm-hmm. So I think it's up to me. It's up to the storyteller. Like yeah, and your and your players. Like yeah. what? Like how creative do you want to be? Yeah. What kind of space do you want to create for your players so that they can feel free at the same time within reason? Mm-hmm. You like again? I mean, I have to go. Got to go back to. You know, like what honesty demands, and mm-hmm, like what mm-hmm. the game. You know, is it truthful? Like, mm. is it is it true? Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that it's like well, that doesn't feel true. You'll know in your gut or your mm. heart or your brain. Like mostly gut and heart will tell you like that feels true. Mm-hmm. That feels real, mm-hmm. as opposed to something where you're like, eh, you're just trying to force your ego into this creative process. You're just trying to force something you want to see. It's like forcing your dolls to kiss. You know, it's like it's like no one wants to see that. <laughs> like, like make it weird. You know, make it strange. Make it feral, and and yeah. like make it into something that. And I think that those rules can apply to every game that you Absolutely, play. Absolutely, yeah. So it's like what the game. What, what are those three things I should know? Um, but what the story, oh. you know, what the story demands. What yeah. does the story demand? Yeah. Does the story demand that Aaron? That I think that's when we came to a crossroads in East of Eden, where I was like. I like Darren being kind of cuddly, but that's not what the story demands. The story demands that he turns into a fucking disgusting. And I get to explore that. So it's like, okay, let me let me mourn the loss of this cuddly version. <laughs> and let me embrace this disgusting version of him and mm-hmm. see where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. that's what honesty demands, what the game demands. So mm-hmm. I think if you kind of hold yourself to those tenants, you'll mm-hmm. have fun. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, are you having fun? Mm-hmm. Are you having a fun time? Mm-hmm. No, then change it. Mm-hmm. Make something different. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're having a great time, then what what's the harm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and 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 ultimately everything is there for you to to use what you want. Yeah, play and, with it. Yeah, play with it. Exactly. It's playing. I I think it's easier now because to give some credit to the folks back in the day who did get obsessed with the meta plot. Mm-hmm. Part of what caused anxiety, I think, is that. Like, let's say we were playing this Chronicle 25 years ago. Mm. Um, and let's say that the Anarch states, you know, fall to the Camarilla or something. And California becomes a Camarilla state. Well, what if the like the next supplement down the line has something about the Anarch states in it? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, now I've just invalidated this whole, like, line of development. <laughs> you know, like, so... It was a little tougher when things were still coming out, I like think that it were was fresh and new. People. Yeah, that's and tough. because we're playing in a in an established sandbox, much like with Pendragon, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. Like there aren't going to be any like, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, here's the uh, here's the hot insider tip for all you listeners. I'm not going to change anything with <laughs> with the Pendragon timeline, right? Beyond you know. Uh, you know what's been established in terms of Greg's scholarship and no. um, and existing Arthurian. No. Cer- certainly, if somebody discovered a lost uh, what if there was manuscript, one? but then hey, everyone would be in the same boat, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about like um, you know, like uh, what do you say? Um, rolling with the punches. Like again, a Pendragon example would be like. Um, if a major figure like Mordred was killed, or Gawain, or Gawain, for example, <laughs> well, uh, what do you do with that? You know, how yeah, do you, what do you do? How do you roll with that? But it's kind of like it's not like there's going to be a supplement coming out that's like the death of Mordred, you know, or whatever, <laughs> right. right? And then, 
uh, it's like, well, Mordor's like a major part of my campaign, <laughs> you know, like, right. you know. So I get that, but you know, it's, it's a luxury we get to indulge in, mm-hmm. you know, Definitely. as we build our own thing. So if anything, I just say that's all the more reason to mess around with it because yeah. this stuff's already already been laid down. Yeah. Even if you're doing like a, a, a 20th anniversary thing set in the modern day, mm-hmm. they're not going to put anything out there that's going to radically shift or no. alter anything. They've, they've pretty much set the meta plot aside. Yeah. They're just kind of like, well, this is how it is now. And mm-hmm. You know, but they're not going to throw any, like, major changes your way, so... But again, like, have fun with it. It's happening in your imagination, so it's like, if Gehenna comes and goes and nothing really happened, that's what happened. People talked about it. It's like, I would say vampires get so goddamn bored being around all the time that they just make up shit constantly to entertain themselves and rumors. They love gossip, so it's like, it's really, is it a myth? Is it real? You Mm -hmm. don't know. So it can be, it could be both. It can be none of it. So just do what's fun. That's the main thing. Have fun. Yep. Have a good time all the time. All the time. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that answers Craig's question or CG's so. questions. Oh my God. All right. So. <laughs> Only because he mentioned that. Yeah, I know. All right. I so... think that was all of our things. But I think, um, oh, one thing I wanted to kind of address because mm. uh, Barbarian Rainy brought this up mm-hmm. with um, interweaving our, our plots, like oh, with yeah. Amy Patterson's stories and Aaron Evans' stories. They will be interwoven, mm. like for sure. Mm. All the stuff that that Aaron's going through for Black and White, yeah. You know, Amy may make an appearance. I don't know what you have in mind, but um, in terms of like, we're kind of picturing these. At least Amy's second story and Aaron's third one, they're kind of diverged a little mm. bit, but they're going to intersect again mm-hmm. in some ways. So we'll see. But I'm not. I'm not telling the story. I'm just in it. That's right. But yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and, and I'm still thinking about, we were just talking about this the other day, I'm still thinking about, like, as I take the helm again, like, so what exactly did happen with Charlotte? And what exactly did happen yeah. with Consuela? Cause 13 it was, Candles. It was a very kind of like, talking about subjective, it was a very kind of like, oh, I don't know, that's a weird sort of ending, you know. Uh, it's yeah, like, I uh, made it that way for a reason. Yeah, it was like a, a you know, French, new French cinema kind of. <laughs> Ending appropriate for the yeah, time period. That sounds about right. Yeah, just kind of like, oh, huh. Just walk out of the theater going, hmm. Oh my god, thanks. <laughs> no, as you think about it, you're like, what did that mean though? Exactly. Right. Anyway. Listen to 13 Candles. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> All righty. Okay, well, that's I it. think that was it. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back, 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 back again. I think this should be like a needle scratch as we're going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait. <laughs> Everyone's on different time zones. Yeah, so we, we got a uh, we got a couple uh, sets of late questions from... Well, they're not late questions, just more Late questions. for us. I don't think so. Oh, my God. All right. We got a couple of questions that came in later after we recorded we'll our, our recording. recording. That's more accurate. From The Llama. The Llama. Llama face. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Who says, I love your Vampire the Masquerade games. Thank, Thank you. you. It would improve my life, not a little, <laughs> if you chose to do more games. Oh. One-on-one or classic multiplayer notwithstanding. Mm. I was going to mention in our previous recording that in addition to our various duet plans, we have talked about doing a group Hunters Hunted game. Yes. 
Are we going to be seeing any more Dark Ages games? I love when your games are more freeform and not focusing on major meta plots. Heart emoji. Freeform. What is that? Well, it gets back to what we were talking about. Like 13 in, Candles? In part two. No, no. What we were talking about in part two of this discussion, which was how tied in oh. to canon are we. Yeah. And freeform, I think, just meaning like we're just, like what we were saying, we're just letting the narrative take us where it all goes. all of our games are like that. Yeah. I think that was just an observation. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering if other groups like focus on these meta plots like a lot. Some do, some don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's highly subjective, as we yeah. said before. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the question there, dark though, ages? is more Dark Ages. Uh, more, for those of you listening who don't know, it, uh, we were releasing some patron only Dark Ages mm-hmm. vampire games. Yeah. Well, I think I managed I to put out two. Maybe. And then we had a lot of technical issues with our recordings yeah uh we ended up playing five four or five five sessions i think was it five i think it was five by the end of it um yeah i mean i think it ended satisfactorily it did it was it was just a little mini chronicle for sure um i you know the funny thing yeah well it's always about the giovanni with you isn't it i love it well that's dark ages kind of right uh a little bit yeah i mean when it starts uh kind of but, um, no, the thing with Dark Ages for me is that that was actually the first, like, first actual White Wolf World of Darkness product that I, that I purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of my introduction to a lot of stuff. So you have more. kind of a soft spot for it? I do have a soft spot for it, but I, I sort of thought that I would enjoy running it more than I did. Um, I realized that the modern aspect of vampire is actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. you know with vampires interacting with technology yeah. dark ages game is just classic vampire right you know yeah. like you're a vampire and there's peasants who are afraid of you oh. <laughs> you know yeah i, I don't know there have to be something to make it interesting yeah like, i i'm I, not making like a whole like coterie part of some nunnery or yeah it would have to be way more yeah the way i did it was definitely much more just like hey play what you want and we'll we'll figure it out how you guys know each other i think i'd want to like make it more heavily themed like you said or also maybe try a different area i ran this one with iberia by night which was okay that was all right yeah but there's also transylvania by night oh which is interesting, Constantinople by night, which has a reputation as like maybe the second best mm. city book for anything. Really? Yeah. Well, that might be intriguing. Yeah. So I wouldn't rule it out. Okay. And I wouldn't rule it out as a group game either. No, I think our group would like to play yeah. Vampire, I, th- I think. Dark Ages. Dark Ages. I yeah. think they'd be down for whatever. Well, sure. Sure. Um, okay. And then The Llama continues. The Llama... Do you think uh, Vampire the Masquerade is better when played as a neonate figuring out the world of darkness and its politics, or is the game just as good at other less classic campaigns? Hmm. Well, I don't have a lot of experience playing the game. Mm. I mean, I kind of do, but mm. only as like a neonate vampire. I-, I think both can be good. You just it has to it depends on the storyteller and how adventurous the players want to be. Let me ask you a question. Go. Uh, you were prepping part two of the Giovanni Chronicles, which features our vampires as 200-year-old yeah. you know, vampires. Mm-hmm. How was that feeling to you versus a neonate-type chronicle? 
I think the challenge is, that's a good question. I think the challenge is with um, having a story where it's already set as um, like an established vampire. Mm -hmm. I think what makes it harder is kind of getting everybody up to speed mm -hmm. with like where they're at. <laughs> what have you been doing the last 200 years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like the lore, the, the what's in place, the pieces yeah. in place. <laughs> if you can summarize things... That was a rogue mop, by the way. A rogue mop just moved. It was yes. very strange. If you if you are able to briefly summarize the history of your character, yeah, and then like the setting, the mm -hmm. history of the setting, mm -hmm. boom, boom, mm -hmm. then let's get into it. You know, yeah. then like let's do it. So it really depends on the storyteller. Mm. I, I yeah, I'm kind of like you. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience outside of what you know we've actually recorded and released i mean that that constitutes about 95 percent of my experience playing vampire right um so and, and most of that's been neonate focused stuff um but just anecdotally i think a lot of people get around that in terms of playing older vampires by just inserting long periods of torpor into their backstories and then I slept for a hundred years, you know. I think that's lazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just wanted an excuse to play some guy from the 18th century. Yeah. Which is, that's fine. Like, yeah. I, think that, I don't think there's a problem with that at all. Yeah, yeah. But, like, come up with a substantial history for your... For yeah, your but then you end up writing the Vampire Chronicles, you know what I mean? Well, it's do like... A, do a bullet list. Yeah. Like, it's not that difficult. Who fucking who? Yeah, just do, that, do a bullet list and go from there. That is one thing hard. I liked about 5th edition, is that you could take dots in certain history things remember that and we talked about it a little bit off mic yeah, off mic land it's basically it's like there's certain like um uh, milestone events in vampire history and you can take a dot or more in that event that represents your involvement with that event you know kind of like RuneQuest. yeah a little bit yeah yeah because i would say maybe if you applied a RuneQuest like um, you know, created a timeline. Created a timeline, RuneQuest like for your vampire. If you're playing a vampire that's over 100 years old mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. over 50 years old, I yeah, would say, yeah. maybe create a timeline like that. Yeah, and and like in terms of your history of of the setting mm. of the group that you're mm -hmm. wanting to interact with, without giving too much away. Yeah, and have the players kind of go through like where were they during those those critical times? Right, right. No, no, no that might be fun. Yeah, definitely. Because I think. The thing is with playing vampires that I don't think you can avoid really talking at length the history of your character no. if they're a if they're an old vampire. Sure, sure. Now, how about play experience? Like for instance, when you ran Rusted Veins, those are all established vampires who've been around for a while. How did you How did you think that felt? I feel like I wish that I'd had more story gaming experience, like mm. running, like running Monster Hearts, for example. That I would have had questions, good questions to ask the players mm. about their characters in terms of what they were doing. I kind of asked them the basic stuff from like twentieth anniversary edition, like, mm -hmm. "What are you doing? What's your feed, daily feeding like? What do you, you know?" I feel right, like I could have right. probed a little more. Now, mm. I, I if I went back, I would know. I would ask different questions. Mm. So you really have to be sure to like ask some interesting questions of your character of your players, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they can really think about where they've been. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Did you find the play experience to be different with more experienced vampires? It was it was all more fun in the sense that I felt like they could hold their own. <laughs> sure. Against some tough. Uh, Cabrones. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, and and also I think um, 
there's less like kind of dithering around in terms of humanity and you know trying to like I, that like if you do a However, neonate game yeah you know you're you're focusing on that theme a lot yeah yeah but if you are playing an established thing at the same time you i think with being playing a vampire you know playing playing the game mm-hmm. you have to understand that humanity no matter how jaded or mm. bitter or removed this character feels from their humanity they're still they still have a relationship with it mm-hmm. so sure, you're going to sure. have to push things to get them to be like, am I getting more into a monster or mm. am I like holding them accountable to their, because they were humans once. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so really it was a question about what is better, neonate versus I don't think I don't think it's a matter of better. Yeah. I think, I think which one we like best, I don't know. Because mm. I haven't played it um, in one that I had an established vampire. Except Dark Ages, I did play an established mm. I did play an established Yeah, actually you did. Which was kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know, both are good. It reminds me, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't really have familiarity with this, but it reminds me of um, D&D, where some people prefer playing very low-level characters, even zero-level characters, like in Dungeon Crawl Classics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, first, second, third level, who are, like, just super vulnerable, super delicate. Every challenge has to be carefully weighed. You know, you can't just, like, uh, jump into battle and expect to come out alive. Right. You know. And other people prefer, like, a mid- or higher-level game where, you know, like you said, they can hold their own. They can mow through, you know, hordes of zombies mm. or whatever. And uh, to them, that's the fun part. Yeah. So, it, it's, it, so just like in D&D, it's really a matter of taste and opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um... What are your guys' favorite clans and why? Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, like Gangrel. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think Lysandre is my second fave. Oh, why is that? Because they're all weird and creepy and evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wait, right. let me let me look. I'm being like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm not 100 percent today. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I do like Lasombra because, um, yeah, it's a, it has to do with duty and responsibility. Mm, you know, true. they see themselves as God's instruments or as outcasts from His creation. Lasombra believe they have a duty, to an obligation to their responsibilities. It gives them a wicked sense of purpose. Uh, I think there's a part of that that appeals to me. Yeah, you do like the duty. Oh. Oh my god. Oh yeah, so I would say Lasombra, uh-huh. um, Gangrel, and I like Nosferatu, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that? But they're just actual beasts. Like, they actually look disgusting and are really gross. Mm-hmm. So I like that about them. Okay. Um, but that's not in any order. That's just kind of a. I like sure. those three the most. Yeah. Gangrel for just sheer brute force. Lasombra for political machinations, and then Nosferatu for just grossness. Cool. And scariness. Um, I like I like the, I like the Tremere and I like the Salubri because I like the backstory oh. of those two clans, mm. and I like the Tremere because. Um, 
They have. I just, you know, they're they're good. They're good kind of ambiguous, you know, like they're kind of evil, <laughs> you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they're also promoting, uh, you know, the masquerade and, and um, order within the vampire community, but it's ultimately it's for their own benefit. So right. I like that sort of like cynical ambiguity there. Yeah. Um, and I like blood magic. I just think blood magic is cool. What makes Sue it cool? Me. What makes it cool? It's just, it's blood magic, you know? It's like using vampiric blood to do magic. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of nifty rituals and stuff. It's fun. It's it's fun to dive into and just be, you know, like a, like a big menu, you know, selecting what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's neat. Mm-hmm. Makes them a bitch to run as NPCs, but that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Salubri, uh, they're just... They're a fun little Mary Sue clan, you know, like <laughs> the last of their kind, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also like there's some ambiguity there too as well, like, you know, which we played around with in 13 Candles, mm-hmm. you know, like how how good are these people right. actually? Yeah, and the fact that they have like a warrior cast and then a... Yes, like, that's interesting. Cast. That's fascinating to me. So it's like you can't separate the two. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to shed yeah. some blood. Um yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And and also, I think, just in a weird, perverse way, um, somebody in one of our comments many moons ago pointed out that the original vampire with the original seven clans mostly adhered to classic vampire tropes, you know? Yeah. And that's what worked about it, and that as the clans multiplied and the bloodlines multiplied, they got further and further away from that vision, and that kind of diluted it hmm. for them. And I tend to agree with that on a theoretical level, but at the same time, I kind of like the Salubri because they represent the most extreme example of that. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like it actually appeals to my sort of contrarian nature, you know, where it's like, yeah, well, these vampires have a third eye, and they're all about healing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, uh, I don't know. Again, <laughs> I have a contrarian streak, so... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, right. So, anyways. And then I guess probably the third, I'd say the Bruja. Yeah. You know? Because, mm-hmm. again, interesting backstory. Definitely. And um, sort of a, a, an example of the perils of intellectualism and philosophy, I guess. Yeah. You know? I would think that, that the three... I think that whatever three clans you like the most mm-hmm. probably are a good gauge in terms of your... Am I too far from the mic? Oh, you're Are kind of a good gauge of, like, your personality, actually. Yeah, I know. So... Yeah, I was thinking that with yours, and Wait, I guess what? you were thinking that with mine. <laughs> so. That's only because I know you. <laughs> I know you. Uh, Interesting so yeah. that two of your clans are both masters of shadow and darkness. And I'm so not like that. Maybe it's what I aspire to be. It's what you wish. <laughs> I wish I you was... You wish you commanded I the wish... shadows. <laughs> No, but I wish I was maybe less uh, transparent, I guess. Ah, I think I'm a little too... It's aspirational. Um, yeah. The gangrel is like what you are. What I probably um, truly am. Nosferatu yeah. and the song. It's, it's like that meme, you know, what my parents think I am, what <laughs> my coworkers think meme. I am. Yeah, no, going all the way back to 2017. Okay, with that one. no. Um, okay. What ability or discipline would you love to play with? 
like as myself or like as a character? I, I think it's like, is there an, is there a discipline or other vampiric ability that you haven't gotten a chance to use in in a game yet? Yeah, that I, you would enjoy using. For me, like, well, I'll I'll just oh, jump in first okay. and just say one of the things I enjoy about the Salubri and the Tremere is that they both have Auspex, which is one of my favorite disciplines. Oh, yeah. And so when I play 13 Candles, that that's actually like, you know, in terms of this question, that's exactly it. I always wanted to do... Uncanny sensory abilities. I always wanted to do a vampire with, uh, or a character with Auspex, and so I finally got to, and it was tons of fun. I really liked it. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it held up to my expectations. So are there any that you feel... You haven't had a chance to play around with yet that you enjoy um, using. For me, I think it's probably celerity. Because mm. we haven't, yeah. I haven't really had to do like the, like the quickness and, mm-hmm. you know, just, I don't know. It's just movement, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's all about movement. So yeah. moving at a fast speed. Like a true blood vampire. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and it's kind of funny and yeah. great. And when it has used such great effect in that show. Uh-huh. Um, so funny. I think, I think I'm torn between celerity and... Um, let's see, just going through the book here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wish they'd uh, broken out the magic. They should into take a the rituals. Section. Oh, I mean, I, I guess for me, I like I love Protean. Like mm, that's that's mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, but and I have that, so I'll be able to push it as far as I can with um, yeah, Aaron. But um, yeah, yeah I think Celerity is probably the one that I haven't been able to use at all. Yeah, and you could definitely pick up some yeah, dots on that. I could. So, especially since certain people have been uh, advocating for you to boost your decks, this would be a different way to do that. So. I've already boosted it. Well, so celerity could boost it yet. Could boost it yet more. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired. Okay, so what else? What else? What other questions we got? Wait, did you answer yours, Auspex? Well, Auspex, I, I got a chance to use. I Is guess among else? the ones I haven't, uh, I'd be curious to play around presence. You know. Oh yeah. Especially presence. get that up into some higher dots where you yeah. can really do some crazy shit. Yeah, I think presence is a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Presence and yeah. Okay. All right. And that? lastly. Last question. Malkavians, yay or nay? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I guess that maybe question has been raised because. We haven't really had a lot of Malkavians in our games. I've I had one. Well, the whole premise and conceit of Thirteen Candles was to have interactions with all the clans, mm-hmm. like Wizard of Oz style. Yeah. So yeah, that I made an effort to do. I did my best with that character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was effective, but um, I don't know. Um. Yeah. Let's see. How many Malkavians have we had? We've had, well, you can't really give a whole lot away. You might have, be sitting on one for, um, well, you played one. You played one in Giovanni I did, Park. actually. That's true. Yeah. So there's that piece. And then Joe from 13 Candles, mm-hmm. and then Bella from Neon Masquerade. Bella? Oh, yeah. Bella was so good. <laughs> I love Bella. So I, I would say, uh, short answer, uh, yay with an and, long answer, <laughs> nay with a but. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I mean, certainly the classic way that Malkavians get played, the way they're written up in the old clan book, Malkavian is terrible. I think mm-hmm. it's awful. Yeah. Uh, it's so stupid. Yeah. And and of the, to get back to the, the other 
or the thing I was saying earlier, it's like the the original seven clans being like close to the vampiric tropes. To me, Valkavians are the the ones that were the furthest away from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly there's elements of sort of insanity and and uh, sort of um, what would you call it prophecy, I guess, in um, vampiric lore. But it's it's like making a whole clan out of it. I don't know. I guess you're thinking like a Renfield type. Um, I guess he wasn't so. really but a he was a vampire. He was a ghoul. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know who the fuck thought of these goddamn Malkavians. Well, I'll tell you what. In the 90s, there was some kind of weird... Uh, uh, it was very trendy to have, like, um, quote-unquote crazy characters in your games. I mean, Rifts had a character class called the Crazy, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was very strange. It was like this weird moment in gaming history where people thought it was cool to play a mentally unbalanced character who could like just basically be an asshole all the time. It like gave you a license to act out and be a jerk and mm. also make light of mental illness all at the, all at the yeah. same time, you know? <laughs> and there's, you know, in, in the sort of um, vampire fandom, there's the fish malk uh, thing, which we've talked about. <laughs> it's from vampire, it's from Dark Ages. There's this illustration of a Malkavian who's like kissing a fish. Mm. And it's just, like, the weirdest illustration. And it's just people, like, hold that up as, like, the sort of nadir of, you know, Malkavians are crazy kind of, mm-hmm. you know, things of mm-hmm. fish malk. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's stupid. But, uh, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job. Bella's an example of how you can do a Malkavian right. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you did great with Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just, I think if you lean on the Malkavians as prophets mm. rather than yeah. crazies, yeah. right? Yeah. So the Malkavians see the world in a completely different way mm-hmm. and that might make them seem quote unquote crazy mm-hmm. to other people. Right. But really they're just like the weirdos of the vampire world. Yeah. Right. They're kind of out there. They're a little eccentric. Like yeah. I would say play They're them transgressive. More, yeah, play them more like a Luna Lovegood, like from Harry Potter, yeah. or yeah. play them more like um like an eccentric aunt or uncle yeah. or something. <laughs> that you know, like uh, like Doc Brown, like in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. Like play them as someone like forward seeing. Yeah. But so much so that they're off-putting, yeah, you know, like right. you don't really want to spend a lot yeah. of time with Luna them. Luna Lovegood if she hadn't been as lovable. Right, right? yeah, <laughs> like you don't really want to spend a lot of time with them, but you know they have something of value, you just have to crack the code. Yeah. So I think, you know, they're going to they're gonna lash out eventually, though. Yeah, so, so I mean, for example, as we go through the, the Gehenna um, mm-hmm. made a plot to our own devices, whatever we want to do with that, mm-hmm. um, I think I'll definitely be centering Malkavians a bit more. As, as sort of prophets of the yeah. apocalypse, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, that's why they're here. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> they're like, here. It's a purpose. They're here. They're, they're psychopomps who are going to take us yeah. through to the other side, right. basically. Right. Yeah. Right. So I like that. I like the sort of God-touched thing. Mm-hmm. It's very folkloric. Yeah. So if you lean into it that way, it can be fun, I think. But Almost more like a you know, kind of a wacky shaman kind of way. It can be a shamanic thing, mm-hmm. absolutely. So trickster character, trickster, Very transgressor, trickster, transgressive, yeah. yeah. But not a, yeah. So but but again, use sparingly. Yeah, use like, use it sparingly. It would be hard to have a a Malkate, like you know our nightlife chronicles very bruja heavy, and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. But it would, and you could do a ventru heavy. You could do or just a camarilla heavy where you have a lot of ventru tremere, you know, uh, toreador running around. But it would be very hard to have a lot of Malkavians mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. Chronicle and not have it descend into like self-parody right. or 
downright, you know, offensiveness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I would, even though Malkavians are like one of your classic core clans, I, I treat them more like a bloodline. Yeah. Like how I might have occasionally have a, um, uh, bloodline <laughs> of some sort or another. I don't know. I'm blanking on the bloodlines, but, oh, um, I don't know, whatever, you know, Sametti, Sametti, fine. Yeah, you know, what you, you know, uh, what, what's his face? Um, uh, that guy. <laughs> no, no, the guy who was, uh, the, the, the troubleshooter, uh, with Amy, um, who looked like a corpse. What was his name? Mr. Frederick. Mr. Frederick. Um, for Fredericks, <laughs> uh, he was a Samedi bloodline, yeah, right? Was. So, like, you know, you occasionally have a bloodline sort of crop up, and I think I just basically the treat. Yes, I basically uh, treat uh, Malkavians the same way. Yeah, I, I think that they could be used in that way. They're not like a. F you don't want to focus too much on them, right? Yeah, I mean, there's anti-tributes of all different types of clans, so, you know, variations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play around yeah, with I that. Yeah, I guess that answers our question. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, all right, well, that, I think that is it. Yeah. I think that is it. It's been now. about 24 hours since I posted our, yeah. our tweet, so I'm cutting it Maybe off. You know, if people have questions, I think we'd be happy to do some Always happy to answer questions. We can throw in yeah. Q&A sessions at the start of a regular session or just do these little one-off Salons. It's not a salon. And um, I'm so posting it as a salon. <laughs> All right, then. Anyway, that's it. Bye. Bye.